Today is Christ the King Sunday on the what we call the liturgical calendar. Okay, it's that Sunday. It's actually also, it's New Year's Eve. If you haven't figured it out yet, this is the last day of the year in the Christian calendar. So this is like New Year's Eve. Tomorrow begins the Advent, and very quickly, uh, uh, you guys will be going through all of those Advent things and Christmas, and I'm sure you're totally prepared, right? Okay, and, and, and so, um, and you'll be moving towards Christmas Eve and the, and the celebration of Christ's birth. And then somewhere along the way, you'll probably sing one of the great hymns that we Presbyterians love to sing at that time of year. You know this one, What Child Is This? It has that haunting refrain. This, this is Christ the King, whom shepherds guard and angels sing. But here was my question as I began to put together this, this sermon and put together some thoughts about it was, what does it mean in 2023 to call Christ the King? Now, we, there's a King of England, and there's a king of Norway, there's a king of Saudi Arabia, and I think a couple other places, I can't remember exactly where, but that's not quite the same thing, is it? So when you read the Gospels, here's what you find out, that people in Jesus' day, too, when he was uh, still on this earth with us, they were constantly asking him, are you the king? Are you the one that was supposed to come that we've been waiting for for thousands and thousands of years? And they ask him, you know, where is the kingdom? What is the kingdom? They would say, when is it coming? Where will it be? How will we know? How will we know if we see it and it comes? We don't want to miss it. Well, Jesus answered, as you saw in this parable from Mark, he decided to answer the people's questions by using parables taken right out of their daily life. Things like sheep getting lost, seeds that grow unseen in the ground, yeast that makes the, the, the dough go up, um, and then fishing nets. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I don't have a green thumb. I have a cement thumb. I was raised on a city sidewalk, okay? And I don't know much about all those experiences of those things. I fish for pleasure, not for necessity. I don't sow seeds. I go to Lowe's and buy mature plants. I don't bake bread. I go to Publix because they have a wide variety of my favorite breads. And I have never cast a fish off the, a net off the side of a boat because I had to earn a living. And thank God I haven't had to do that. In my experience... In, in my short time on this earth, in my experience, the kingdom of God, it's like a hospice house. When someone dies, the staff lines up on, in a quarter, a quarter of honor and compassion. They line up on the sides in the hallway, and, and the body is taken out of the room when a person has died, and it's taken to the hearse, and they stand there giving honor to the person and to the family. For me, the kingdom of God is like the parents of a teenager. Uh, they fix dents in cars, uh, they endure insults, uh, they spend too many hours wondering where their child is or what they might be doing. Parents who in the quiet of the night, in the quiet of the night, ask, where did I go wrong? Or maybe they just ask, how can I do it better? How can I do it better? Yet these parents never give up. They never give up because they realize that loving someone is not about your current emotions, your immediate emotions. It's not about uh, the emotions of the child or the teenager and their response to you. No, love is a commitment born out of faith, a commitment that at times as a pastor over these last 43 years has absolutely astounded me what parents have been willing to do. Yes, for me, the kingdom of God is like a mother and father of a newborn 
Okay? They sacrifice sleep and comfort. They endure clothes stained with spit up, uh, but they won't rest until that baby stops crying, until they get that. And then within a few hours later, they, they're up in the morning again. They're, they're making breakfast. They're doing dishes. They're getting dressed for work, getting kids ready for work. And they rise and they go about their work. Why? Because they realize that their child is not just a product of biology. No, no. The child is a gift, a unique creation of God a mediator of God's grace to them and for them. Yes, the kingdom of God is like sitting uh, uh, in the seats of a large auditorium or maybe a, a football field on a, on a Friday night. Uh, your daughter or your son or your grandchild uh, decked out in cap and gown. They're getting ready to graduate and go up on the stage and, and receive their diploma. And then you watch those parents' eyes fill with tears, that grandparents' eyes. And their hearts are full of pride and they look at that young child walking across that stage and wonder about the life that's going to come, the life that could be. In Mark chapter 1 verse 15, um, Mark starts his gospel out. There's no story of the, of the birth and all that stuff that you find in the other uh, gospels. He just starts out with Jesus starting his ministry and Jesus starts and begins by saying this to the crowd that has gathered. The time has come, Jesus said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Now, in other words, Jesus was saying the kingdom of God is not a far-off, far-fetched thing, but it's right here, right now among us. Right now as we live and love and serve, as we care for our families, where we go to work, where we worship and play and live out our retirement, our day-to-day -day world is intermeshed with the kingdom. It is inextricably you know, combined with the kingdom. There is no kingdom over here in our life over here. It's one thing. Do you see, just as a parent or a teacher or someone uh, uh, might try to explain a truth by telling a parable, Jesus uses parables for those of us who are seeking to understand the world around us, are seeking and trying to define our priorities, trying to live a better life. Look at it this way. Uh, a parable is like those night vision goggles. You, you know, you've probably seen them on TV, uh, military wears, and they have a little thing, and they pull it down over their eyes. Um, and the whole idea of those things is it, the way it works is it refracts whatever light is available to make things clear and distinct. They show this amazing thing, though, that there is light all around us even when it looks like it's completely dark. I don't understand it all. I'm not a scientist, but it, they say it works. So when Jesus healed people, when Jesus talked to the woman at the well, he was refracting the light of God. He was giving us a glimpse of God's power to heal and transform and to reconcile our relationships. Yes, the kingdom of God is like a, a man named Zacchaeus, who after encountering Jesus, you might remember, made it his priority to live in a way to restore all of the things that he had stolen. And the kingdom of God is like a paralyzed man who was brought to Jesus by his friends. You remember that story where the four men carry their friend to Jesus? And when they were there and they were trying to get him help, uh, uh, Jesus noticed that the crowd was being very cynical. And so here's what he said. He said, I want you to know that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, get up, take up your mat, and go home. And that's exactly what the man did. And then it says the crowd went from being cynical, and it says the crowd saw this, and they were filled with awe, and they praised God. All these moments in our life are like the refracted light of God's love. For you see, the kingdom of God is like a husband 
whose wife has drifted off into the long goodbye of Alzheimer's. And yet each day, he rises and goes to the home where she is living, and he helps her get dressed, and he feeds her breakfast and lunch and dinner. And in between, uh, he might read the paper and watch TV. They talk about the children. He may share a funny story about something that's happened with one of the grandchildren. Kisses her on the cheek, holds her hand, or maybe just sits silently beside her. Yes, the kingdom of God is like someone who has been told they have cancer. It's invaded their body, and yet they refuse. They absolutely refuse to let that cancer define their life. So they go about loving and caring, serving until, well, until they can't do it anymore because they don't have the strength. And then they let others be strong for them. They let others refract, refract the light of God's love into their life. See, these are the 21st century parables, reminding us daily that the kingdom of God has come here right now in this place. Like the carpenter's table or the quarter campaign or feed the future. Parables. Which is why every day the words we use when we encounter people, we should be careful because they're not casual encounters. We use we use the right words when we have encounters because we want people to know who Jesus is. When we set our priorities, people see them like a parable. Our service for others, our deep love for our children and spouses, our sacrifices of time and money and patience sometimes. These, these are the perils that spring from the risen Christ that lives within us, showing us, pointing us to Jesus, showing us the heart of God. So yes, the kingdom of God is like a man, just an ordinary man. And the kingdom of God is like a woman, just an ordinary woman, who have chosen to live an extraordinary way, the way of Jesus, the way of the kingdom, all, all to the glory of God. Let us pray. Gracious God, we are, we are all people who are hungering for the kingdom of God. Sometimes we don't even know what it is that we're hungering for. Sometimes we're, we're so busy with this or so busy with that, or we get distracted by this thing over here or that thing over there. But we feel it. We know that there's something we, better out there. There's something fuller out there that our love can be richer and more and better and so we seek you out lord because we know the kingdom is is as close as our breath it's right there it's right here among us and so this day lord on this day let us not be thrown off by the word king but let us rejoice that you are indeed king and lord and shepherd and friend and reconciler. These things we thank you for in Jesus' name. Amen.